Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Lightbeamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Lightbeamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Inside Story podcast. I'm your host, April Adams Pertwee, here with another day, another episode, and another story. So excited about this one today. I've got my good friend, Lisa Corrado, as my guest today. Literally, you guys, literally from across the world, traveling currently in Spain as she is walking the Camino de Santiago. Now, if you're familiar with the Camino de Santiago, you might know where this conversation is going. If you're not familiar with the Camino de Santiago, we're going to fill you in on this really amazing journey, pilgrimage, exploration. I'm sure there's lots of words that Lisa would use about this, but it's a really fascinating pilgrimage that a lot of people make in and throughout Spain. And we're going to talk more about that today and bring you Lisa's story as I have been watching through Facebook post as Lisa has embarked on this journey and as she is sharing her story about what she is doing on the trail, what she's learning about herself on the trail, what she's learning about work, life balance on the trail, just what she's learning about her body on the trail, just so many I think really amazing lessons that her story today can impart to all of us um, as you're tuning in and listening to the show. So Lisa is a, is a business coach. She, uh, you know, works like many of us do uh, virtually. However, a lot of times we always wonder like, how does someone just take two months off of their life and go travel in Europe and, and, and do these big journeys? And that's a big piece of the of the question that I would love to have Lisa answer today as well. So first of all, welcome to the show, Lisa, and tell us everybody where exactly you are right now in terms of um, in being in Spain currently. Thank you, uh, April, for having me on, and I'm very excited to have this conversation. Um, and right now, I'm sitting in the heart of Madrid. And if somebody's familiar with the Camino, they might be saying, hey, Madrid is not on the Camino de Santiago. And that is absolutely correct. I am taking a few days off um, and giving my body a break. And also I wound up, my husband came to join me for about a week and a half and he needed to go back to Madrid. And I said, you know what? I need a break. I'm going to go with you. Um, and then I'll return and, and finish up my Camino. So currently situated in Madrid, Spain. 
Well, and I'm glad that we could grab you while you were taking um, taking a little break so that we could actually do this podcast literally from, you know, your your place in Spain and also, from, you know, as you're in the middle of this big journey. I want to catch everybody up for those who may not be familiar with the Camino de Santiago. I became aware of it. I know I've had a couple of friends that have actually walked the Camino and I learned about the Camino. And I think this is probably how maybe a lot of people know about it. If you ever watched the movie called The Way with Emilio Estevez and his father, who's his father, Emilio Estevez and Martin Sheen, right? That is a great movie for anyone who isn't really familiar with the Camino you could go look that up on Netflix and learn a little bit more about what it is. But Lisa, when people ask you, what is the Camino? What is this thing that you are doing? What is this walk, this journey, this pilgrimage? How do you describe it? Uh, for me, it's really been an exploration and exploration, exploring. These are words that I really, really love. And I love when I can apply them to me and my life. So it's, it's, first an opportunity to really see what's possible to give myself a, something big and scary to do yeah. and to do it by myself and see what happens um, and just see what unfolds, see what, you know, who I turn into as part of this journey, who I have to be to be able to do this and what's the lasting impact, you know, and that part, I, I don't know yet. We're going to find out. Um, but the other stuff has been a really interesting exploration. And for a lot of people, it is a religious pilgrimage. It's, it's um, you wind up in a Catholic cathedral. And for a lot of people, it's more physical. For me, it's a blend of spiritual and, and physical um, and pushing myself in a lot of new ways, I think is the best way to say it. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine it's, it's many things, spiritual, physical, mental, emotional. It kind of covers the basis because, yeah. you know, let's get into the tactical for a minute. Like, where did you, first of all, where did you begin? Where did your walk begin? And, you know, in general, like how many, how many miles, like you're walking every day on a trail, like describe what a typical day is and how you've kind of mapped out this journey, making your way to Santiago, which is for many people who start on the Camino, that's kind of the um, culmination for a lot of people, yeah. you know, walking all the way to Santiago, um, to this church in Santiago. Where did you begin on the trail? And what has a typical day been like for you walking the trail? And how many miles do you typically walk? So I am walking um, a route called the Camino Francais, which is I the most popular route, especially for people doing it the first time. There are many, many different Camino routes that all culminate in Santiago. So I chose the Camino Francais because it has the most structure, the most support along the way. So I knew that I wouldn't, you know, be winding up sleeping in the middle of a field, you know, if I couldn't find lodging. Um, and every day has been really, really different. And, um, the terrain and the, 
you know, just everything that you see, the geography, it can vary wildly from minute to minute. So you can be walking through beautiful vineyards and then you're in some open fields, then you're on walking along the highway, you know, and maybe then you're walking into the city and you're coming in through the industrial part of the city. And then you're in the city, you know, when you were, you started in a small little town that was so quiet and boom, you're in a city or vice versa. You, you walk out of a city and you wind up in a town that only exists because the Camino goes through it and maybe 60 people live there. So it's just been, it's been fascinating to see just how things change. Um, and it can be completely flat. It can be really hilly. It can be dirt paths. It can be highway. I've, we've crossed highways. We've walked through roundabouts and I'm thinking I am walking through a highway right now, like really quickly because there are cars coming. Um, and in terms of mileage, it's, I've done everything from like a four mile day to a 16 mile day and everything in between. Um, it just really depends on where I'm trying to get to, mm-hmm. um, where I'm, where I'm planning on sleeping that particular night. So that really drives everything. Um, the wh- where is the next bed? That's that's kind of the driver for me. And are you mostly staying in hostels or you know? Because I know the Camino um, that and this and it sounds like the particular walk that you're on, the particular path, like you said, it's more populated. There's more support. There's more places to find beds. Um, where, where have you found beds? Like what has been your mode of operation when it comes to resting each day after your walk? My favorite place to stay, my favorite places to stay are hostels because they tend to be smaller. They tend to be run by, you know, people who are really dedicated to supporting people who are walking the Camino. Um, And they also tend to have private rooms. And one of the things I learned after the first several nights of sharing rooms is that I wasn't sleeping in a shared room. I wasn't sleeping with snoring happening and coughing happening. So I thought, okay, I need shared rooms. I mean, a private room. Mm -hmm. So I'm really enjoying the hostels. Very often they'll have community breakfast or community dinner. So that's really fun too. So there's a nice sense of connection there. Um, I've stayed also in um, places called albergues, which can be huge. They can be small. Um, and they often have shared rooms. And then sometimes I've stayed in hotels and sometimes the hotels seem just like hostels. They didn't seem anything special. Um, but here in Spain, there are hotels called Paradors, which started their lives as something else like a hospital or a church. Mm. And the, the state has taken them and turned them into really unique, like one of a kind hotels. So I've stayed in one and I'm staying in another one in Santiago, just because it's an experience I can't get anywhere else. So, so I'm having a couple of splurge nights in the Paradors, but in general, it's the hostels because I get to talk to people. I get to connect with people. I get to have a meal with people. And then I get to have my own room and my own bed and my own bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. A few little creature comforts. I imagine go a long way when you're out walking and having this pilgrimage experience and this journey that you're on. So I want to back up all the way because, um, you know, what leads someone like you, um, a businesswoman, like I mentioned, you're a business coach, you, you have clients, you have a business that you run, you're married, you've got a family. 
um, you live in the United States. What takes someone like you to, to decide, Hey, I want to, and are you're out there for two months, right? Is that what you said? You're right, out there for two, two months. months. So, Hey, what, how does Lisa go from being that being busy, being full of, you know, life and obligations and responsibilities and all the things that all of us have to, I'm going to take off for two months and I'm going to go to Europe and I'm going to walk this pilgrimage experience, this journey. Um, and I'm going to walk and I'm going to spend my days walking sometimes four miles, sometimes 16. I'm going to be staying at random places. I'm doing this by myself because you are not there with a girlfriend. You're not there. Your husband's there right now, but he's there for a quick visit, but you're not doing this with anyone else. You don't have a plan in place with anyone else other than yourself, which to me, that alone, I think is speaks volumes because even just getting on an airplane and going out of the country by yourself is a big deal. To me, it is. Um, so what brought you to that point? What made you want to do this? Um, multiple things. Uh, <laughs> the first was probably about a couple of years ago, I started thinking I want to do something big and scary that is a solo effort. Um, and I think that was driven by the fact that my husband and I travel a lot and we're lucky enough to really go on amazing trips and travel very comfortably. And I thought, you know, all this comfortable travel, we're getting very insulated. And yes, we get to see so many things and we get to meet some people, but we're not quite having the experience we had way back when, when we didn't have any money, but we still traveled, you know, when we got to meet people and, and just really have kind of magical experiences that we didn't purchase. So uh, part of it was, I just want to get back out there the way that we used to travel, not that we would walk for two months and stay in hostels, but it yeah. used to be, used to feel more connected to the people of the area because we, I love to meet new people and I love to learn about new cultures, especially through their food. I have a food background. So mm -hmm. um, for me, it's a really cool way to just kind of expand my horizons and expand my world. So it started as what can I do that would be, you know, a challenge for me, something that would really push me, that would push me way out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Part of it came from, there's this really great book called The Comfort Crisis, and it was written by Michael Easter. And he talks about the impact that um, comfort has on our lives and what it takes away from us. And I was so fascinated by that. And I thought, okay, this would be, you know, this could be a very uncomfortable thing. Um, but it did take me a while to figure out what is, what is the thing? Where am I going and what am I doing? Um, and it was in one of my um, conversations with one of my coaches, he was throwing out different suggestions and this one kind of stuck. And I thought, oh, the Camino, yeah, I've heard of that. Let me look into that. And what I really liked was that it had structure and support in place so I could just come and have the experience. And part of the joy of the experience for me is, you know, being here solo uh, for the most part, you know, meeting people along the way, but I don't have a group here. I don't have friends here. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, my husband's not here anymore. It's, it's really just me now um, again. And just, I was really curious to see who do I have to be to be able to do this? Yeah. You know, that's a big what, question. Yeah. So that, and it's something that I discuss with my clients, like, okay, you say, that this is the life that you want. Who do you have to be 
you know, what do you, what is that person, what is that person like? You know, so who do you have to be? What decisions do you have to make? How do you have to show up in order to have the things that you say that you want to have? Um, so for, for me, the exploration started last year when I decided I was going to do that. It's like, okay, which Lisa is showing up for this? And does she even exist yet? Um, so, and the answer was, you know, not really. She needed to be crafted, <laughs> right? And then what, what, like I said before, what'll be really interesting is who's the Lisa who gets off the plane in New York and goes home? You know, yeah. I just, and I can't wait to find out. I really can't wait to find out. Who was the Lisa that started this journey when you left New York to begin with? And I guess I'm assuming you left out of New York, but when you left the United mm -hmm. States and headed, headed towards Europe to do this, who was the Lisa that got on the plane and left? That Lisa knew that she had a lot of plans in place and felt like she knew how things were going to go. And that Lisa has learned a lot of lessons about how things actually are going and how things have gone so far. So um, that Lisa was um, somebody who, who likes planning. A lot of the work I do with my clients is structure, support, you know, getting systems in place, that sort of thing. So I knew that I had done all of that for my, myself, for my business. So I knew that I created this beautiful foundation to work from. And then I thought, I know how it's going to go here. I have a good idea of how things are going to go. And that Lisa had to um, shut her mouth and listen more and just really take it all in and not, not fight. Not, not that I did fight, but it was the experience has been a lot um, more different than I expected. I've had to make a lot of adjustments and changes um, and it's all good. Like it's, it's all good yeah. and it's really super interesting. So um, yeah. So that Lisa has become more open. Let's go with the flow. Like mm -hmm. we have an idea, but it's only an idea. Like I, I don't have a plan here. I have an idea <laughs> and then we'll see what actually happens. Yeah. So I can imagine then to learn some lessons like that, you know, the best laid plans, right? We can plan and prepare. And then sometimes God has, you know, he laughs at us, you know, when we plan. And so I can imagine there's been probably a few challenges. And like I said, I'm following you, you on Facebook and, you know, we're friends. So I knew you were doing this, but I'm following your post and seeing, you know, checking in and seeing what you're sharing about the experience. And you know, you have shared fairly openly um, that it, it has not been all, it's been great. There's been a lot of great things, but there are days that have been challenging. So what would you say has been your worst day on the trail and why was it your worst day? Oh, that's so a far. good question. Uh, my worst day on the trail was a day I'm going to say it was in the first half. I don't remember the exact day, but I remember why it was the worst day. Mm -hmm. And that was, I realized I wasn't enjoying myself. I realized I wasn't connected to the experience. I realized I didn't know why I was here anymore. And I was getting really frustrated because I talked to other people who are walking and I'd say like, this is so great. You know, it's so addictive. This is my fifth Camino. Like, don't you just love it? And I'd say, no, I don't just love it. I, I don't understand. Like, 
maybe I'm, and then I, then I went to this place of, am I doing this wrong? Of course I'm not doing it wrong, but you know, am I doing this wrong? Why don't I love it? Why, you know, I, I love hiking. I love walking. I love where I am, but why am, why don't I love this experience? So that was my worst day because I thought that the rest of my trip would be like that. And I'm going to say that was maybe a third of the way in. And I thought, oh, I don't know that I can do this. Yeah. For another this is a long way to go half. still if you were already feeling yeah. that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that was the worst day. And then it was also in many ways the next day was probably the best way because I had a reframe. I had a coaching session with one of my coaches and we talked about how I was thinking, how I was completely up in my head because part of why I wanted to come here was to think about, you know, think about life. I just turned 55 you know, what's, what's going to be the second half? What is that going to look like for me? So I thought great opportunity to think, well, by staying in my head so much, I missed out. I was missing the experience of connecting and feeling and using all my other senses to really, you know, have a connection with the Camino, have a connection with the experience. And sometimes, you know, feeling like this is fantastic or really having the emotional experience of, I hurt or I'm scared or I'm really unsure. And I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do next. So I was, since I was all, you know, just so cerebral about it, um, I was missing out on that. So everything shifted for me when I could connect more um, and, and feel and experience and say, you don't have to think, you know, you're going to think the whole time, but what <laughs> if you just paid attention to, you know, use, your, use the rest of your body um, in this as well. So. Well, so then on the converse of that, then, you know, when you get back into your body and get out of your head, I would imagine you are able to pay attention to some things that maybe you would miss if you were just thinking the whole time. So, you know, same question as what's been your worst day, what's been your best day? And also what's been the most, like, has there been a moment or something that you experienced along the trail and along the Camino that just surprised you in the best way or sort of took your breath away or just made you really stop and soak it in and go, Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for this. You know, have you, have you had a moment like that yet? And did that happen on one of your best days or I would, I would say I've had moments like that every single day, like just stopping and going, Oh my gosh. And it could be something small, you know, or it could be something, you know, massive and gorgeous and physically beautiful, or it could be just the kindness of a stranger or somebody helping me with something or me getting to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. So those, I, I have been really paying attention to the magical moments and having done, I've done lots of really long, big hiking trips before. And I, I know what it's like when you, you join this community in a sense of other people doing the same thing. I was really looking forward to having that experience of connection and that has definitely happened and that's been wonderful. Um, and I would say maybe one of my best days happened just the other day um, when we were, I was doing, uh, I was in Saria, which is about a hundred kilometers from Santiago and I was not feeling good. And it was my last day on the, the path before I took a break. And I physically, I've been having a lot of um, heel pain, a lot of mm-hmm. foot pain. And it's been frustrating because the rest of my body feels great, but my feet, which 
you know, you need no to walk, them, right. There's no taking them out of the equation. My feet are like, yeah, we don't, you know what, what if we took a break? So I wound up um, taking a very like hilly mountainous car ride to this town called Saria, uh, which is a big place on the Camino and checking into this, uh, this pension and just being from the second I got out of the car, just being so welcomed and so enveloped by these people who like left their own kind of hectic, busy city lives and decided to purchase this building that was completely in shambles and turn it into this refuge, you know, and it just was, it was just so delightful and to have to sit down with the owner and talk to him for a very long time about what his journey was and how he got there and why he did this and just his, his emotions behind it and his love for what he does. And then also spending time just sitting in the garden for literally hours doing nothing but sitting in the garden and listening to the bells and listening to the birds and feeling the breeze and smelling the rosemary and the fresh mint in their garden. That to me was one of the best days because I felt restored. I felt like I went from, oh my gosh, this probably needs to end soon to, okay, nope, I can, I can do this. I get to take this break and I get to be treated so beautifully, not just by these other humans, but by life itself. Mm. And this is going to be great. This is going to be fine. We're going to do this. Yeah. That's a real moment of connectivity, just even with yourself, like being in the garden by yourself and being surrounded by nature and the birds and the sounds and the bells and just the smells and all of what you described is a big departure from, you know, that worst day where you were not feeling connected. Why am I even doing this? And, yeah. you know, being so in your head, uh, you, you would never have been able to notice or appreciate it or even slow down enough. Probably I'm thinking about how many people, you know, even myself, like, what do we do every day to just slow down enough to take something in that makes us feel grateful and it's not something that is, you know, required or it's not part of the equation. It's not part of the, the path, the plan, but it's something that is there that we can appreciate. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I go on walks pretty regularly in my neighborhood. That's kind of a thing that I'll do during the day just to, you know, take a break and disconnect for a few. And, and even just that little walk in the neighborhood will do that for me. Maybe I'll see some deer or maybe I'll you know, see some other, um, just something in the wild or I live near a river. So we'll walk down to the river. Maybe the, you know, the river changes every single day. It's never the same river. And so then maybe I see something that day, you know, but it's just always something that grounds me back into the present, which is what is needed in order for me to come back and then get on about my day. Right. So mm -hmm. you can now get back and go on about the Camino now, despite some heel pain, despite some things that your body has been screaming at you. Sometimes we just need a break. We need to connect deeply, not to other people, although that's been nice, but to yourself. I think that's really, really gorgeous. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's such a nice reminder. And I really... Um, optimistic that I'll take that with me. Yeah. I'll continue to carry that with me because it really did have a huge impact on me. And, you know, another thing that I've always loved about the Camino and talking with other people that I've known that have walked the Camino, like, like you're doing currently 
um, is just, well, number one, there's the stories, right? Like the stories that get told on, on the Camino and as a result of being on the Camino, you're sharing your story with us now. You're meeting other people who are sharing their story with you about why they're walking. And you're actively sharing your story. Like I said, you're, you're putting some stuff out on Facebook. Like those of us that are following you, you're getting to continuously share the story of what's unfolding for you. What, how has, you know, storytelling been part of your journey and how have you been able to sort of, you know, think about that or appreciate the storytelling aspect of it? Uh, I love that question. I, I think it does a lot for me. First of all, um, I love telling my story in a written way and I love telling my story in a visual way. I love photography and I love, I love words. So I get the pure joy and satisfaction of crafting something that I put out there. And then even if nobody reads it or looks at it or says anything about it, like I'm satisfied with it. Mm -hmm. And I will also sometimes go back. I will post something to Facebook and go, Oh, I thought of a better way to say that. And I'll go back in and I'll rewrite it a little bit because it's, I think words matter, right? You would, yeah, yeah I think you would agree with that. Yeah. So absolutely. And I do that too. Absolutely. I actually, yeah. I do that as well. Cause it's, it's for you. That's a documentation. That's almost like a journal yeah. entry, our Facebook post sometimes. And so, yeah. um, you know, you want to get it right and you want to remember it and you want to remember it the yeah. way it, it was in your head, you know? So I, I get that totally. Yeah. So it's that, and I am keeping a journal. So every day yeah. I'm journaling Good. a little bit more and I'm also, you know, taking so many photographs. I've got a photographic journal as well. And I, I think of my photographs, most of them are how, how does this photo tell part of the story. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there's story and everything. And then also getting the energy and the feedback and the love and the support from people is part of why I do it. You know, it's, I am getting, you know, cause I'm spending so much of my time by myself, which mm -hmm. is not terrible. You know, it's, it's pretty great. Um, it's an unusual opportunity. And it's also nice to know that there are other people out there who are thinking about me, who, mm -hmm. you know, have something nice to say, have something supportive to say. And sometimes it turns into a dialogue, you know, they might ask me questions and I want to share the answers. So, so I, that kind of feeds me and fuels me as well. So. Well, that's There's how this so podcast came about, you know, you were sharing something um, yep. in one of your posts and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to have you on the show while you're there. And, you know, we started a yep. private conversation with you and just said, hey, when's, when's your next stop when you could actually jump on Zoom and, and do this recording with me? And it was, you know, as a result of you posting and sharing your story that intrigued me enough to have that dialogue, you know, I'd already sent you a couple of messages prior to that. Just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I'm watching you. And, yeah. you know, I shared with you that my sister wants to do this. We had just had a conversation. She'll be turning 60 um, soon, like in a year and a half. And she's already told me she wants to walk the Camino for her 60th birthday. She and I share a birthday. We're not the same age, but we share a birthday. So we're seven years apart. Exactly. And wow. she wants me to walk the Camino with her because it would, in a sense, be for my birthday as well. I just won't be turning 60. Uh, and so we've been talking about that and I'm like, oh my gosh, you've got to follow my friend, Lisa, you know? <laughs> so we, we've had this whole dialogue and you know, I've shared tidbits with you, 
you know, just as a result of, you know, the storytelling that you're doing, how it's sparking other stories. Um, and, and I love that. I love that you're seeing that already and that you're, you're feeling that, that it's energizing you and that those comments um, are providing a source of energy. They absolutely are. And when you tell me that your sister wanted to do this, I don't remember exactly what I said back to you, but I'm sure it was along the lines of the go, just do it, do it, do it, do it. Just say yes to her. Yeah, <laughs> just say yes. yeah I have. I told her we'll do it. Like we'll do it, you know? So That's again, fantastic. definitely made me even more curious about hearing your story. What about the stories of the people that you're meeting, like on the Camino or in the hostels at night who have also been out there walking, you know, on their path for the day? What, what, what has impressed you about the people that you're meeting? Everybody has their own story. And I feel like there's this, the thread, a thread that goes, a common thread that goes through everybody's story in one way or another, something along the lines of, you know, I, I want to do this thing. I want, I want to challenge myself. I want to take on this big experience. And also I believe enough in myself to be able to do this, even as people say, I don't think I can do this anymore. You know, you've had a bad day or you've had a bad week and you feel so physically challenged or maybe even mentally challenged, but still there's this threat of it's a big thing. And I believe so much in myself that I have invested the time and the money and I have packed my bags and I have trained and I have put, you know, a lot of people put their lives on hold. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's just so, it's so remarkable. Um, how many people are doing this and doing it for, you know, a month, month and a half and really believing that they can. So that's been amazing. And then when you get down to a more granular level, um, lots of people have something that happened in their lives that was a catalyst, you know, that um, like the guy who owns the pension that I stayed at, he said, I had a crisis. So he He didn't walk the Camino, but his Camino is, I sold my apartment in Barcelona and bought this completely falling down, you know, old house and his Camino has been years of fixing it up. So so for a lot of people, it's something happened that sparked it and they, they just started to go. And for some people it's been years in the making for me, it was not years in the making. It was about, uh, I think I decided in November, I think I booked my plane tickets in November and I left the beginning of April. Um, and for some people, it's something that they've always wanted to do. And then there's everybody in between, you know, some people are here in groups, um, as part of religious organizations that they belong to. Some people, some of the amazing people are here as volunteers, you know, they've done it and they loved it. So they've come to support other people who are doing it either by working in the albergues or working in other, you know, um, I met this, this, uh, a guy from Philadelphia and a woman from Vancouver who are volunteering to run a food truck in the middle of nowhere. And it is exactly what you want to find in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. (laughs) It is just so cheery and it's fresh vegetables and fresh juice and hummus and just all this delightful stuff. And they said, and we're just here in support of the pilgrims walking. And I just thought that's amazing. So there are people who their story is I'm here to support other people because I get how impactful this is. Um, and wouldn't it be nice to 
to delight somebody in some way or support somebody in some way. Oh my goodness. That is so cool to hear about, you know, yeah, the common thread, right? There's a thread, even though all these stories are different, there's a thread of, you know, what I'm hearing is this thread of searching, you know, questioning themselves. Like I want to I want to show myself that I am stronger and that I can do, I'm capable. You have a belief in yourself that you are stronger and capable or else you probably would never even get out there to begin with, but you still know you need to test it. Like I want to test it. Um, And then there's this, this string around all these different stories, but there's been pivots or change or challenges or you know, things that happen in our life. I mean, literally just this morning, I was talking with one of my dear friends because we're both in, you know, right around the same age as you, Lisa, you know, we've hit our fifties and I don't know, like I told her this morning, I'm like, I think I now finally understand what a midlife crisis is, you know, like there are things that just start to come into your view that you realize the way I've looked at this must change because Mm -hmm. the view that I've held around this will not serve me. And then latter half of my life, you know, going into my fifties and beyond. And I've had a lot of that recently. I've had a lot of just things that are kind of just really up in my face, you know, around my body changing and, you know, the dynamics of my family are changing. I've got kids that are soon going to be out of the house and that's going to, that's a big change. And, you know, there's business growth and changes there and changes about how I want to do business. And I don't want it to be what it's been in the past. I want it to be more spacious and have more freedom. But with that comes a lot of questions. Like, who do I need to be right? Who does April need to be in order to allow that version to come forward? So I totally get that. I'm not walking the Camino right now. Sounds like I will be soon, (laughs) but I think there's just that thread of a lot of people seeking and searching and questioning and experiencing certain things in their life that it may not be the Camino, but finding some way like your friend who built the hotel that you met, right. The, 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 bought the dilapidated house and turned it into a hotel. We all have our Camino inside of us. We all have some sort of pilgrimage or walk that we need to go on, whether it be literally a walk or, or, you know, figuratively a walk for us to figure out, um, the answers to those questions. Like you said, you're, you're looking forward to finding out who the Lisa is that gets on the plane and returns back home to the U S and taking with you all these lessons that you've learned to shift and look at life and business differently. And I think that's just really cool that, you know, you're, you're seeing that. And even just through sharing your story, that it's getting other people to think about it. It certainly had me thinking about it, you know, which is why I wanted to have this interview with you today. I know one of the things that, um, you've had to do is figure out you know, speaking of business, you and I are both business owners and we have a lot of business listeners who listen to the show that have their own business or they are leaders in some aspect. And, you know, to take time out, to put that pause button, not only on your life, but also your career takes a lot of management and and forethought. So 
what, how, and I, I know one of the big things is always, always around like work-life balance, right? What, what did you have to do in order to be able to keep running your business while being on the Camino? And what have you learned about running your business while also hitting the pause button as you have done? That's a great question. And I, the one thing I would say is there hasn't been a pause for me because mm-hmm. I've, you know, my business is still going. My clients are still supported. It's just, it looks a little different right now. So that's probably the biggest thing is understanding what's the promise that I made to my clients when they mm-hmm. signed up. Cause I have an ongoing community is the big thing that I do. What's the, what was the big promise and how do I continue to fulfill that promise? Even if it's not me um, doing it all the time as I normally do at home. So it was really taking a look at, well, that's sort of the middle. The first really was who, who do I have to be as the business owner? And am I committed to doing this? Do I believe that I can do this? And once I decided, like really decided, then I knew whatever I had to do, I'd be able to do. So then it was taking a look at, okay, this is the expectation my clients have. Um, Getting their buy-in, I guess, isn't quite the right word, but, you know, getting their support and their enthusiasm and also assuring them you are going to be supported every step of the way. Like you were not stopping for two months. That's not happening. You still are going to get all the support that you've gotten before. It's just going to look a little different. So in some cases, it's been um, like for my one-on-one calls, getting very specific on these are the days that I know that I'll have Wi-Fi. And these are the days that I, I know that I will have the time. So this is when we're going to schedule it. So setting that up um, ahead of time or along the way. Um, for my group calls, like, okay, I won't be available to run all of the group calls. So how are the other ones going to be run? So asking important people in my life, including one of my clients, you know, could you run the group call? Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody said, yes, I'd love to do that. And then also helping them create support for each other, you know, and they're already a supportive group, but finding even new ways so that everybody feels like, okay, I, I know, you know, it's, we're still talking, we're still getting coaching um, and then support for myself, you know, so my coaches support me, my peers support me, um, my VA supports me, you know, I don't know how I would, I don't know how you do this without you know, having some kind of assistant. So we spent a lot of time in the beginning saying, okay, what, what's it going to look like? What, and what are my expectations of you? And can you do this? This is different than how we normally do it. Are you game for this? And she's showing up in a big way. So, um, and it's just, and it's also showing up with the confidence and me knowing for certain that this is going to work out just fine, which then made my clients feel, okay, mm-hmm. this is going to be all right. In fact, I was just telling the story the other day, the week before I left, I got two new clients and I said, you do know, right? You do know that I am leaving the country for two months. Everything's still going, but you're not going to have the same access you have. Uh, as you will have is when I'm back. And they're like, yep, that's fine. Like, really? Okay, come on in. Let's do this. Everybody was on board and everybody was enthusiastic. And I think it's, I think it says a lot about the people that I work with, the women that I work with, that they are supporting me and they know they're supporting me and they 
they like to do that. They like to show up in support of other people. So they get my support and in return, they cheer me on, you know, they, they're there for me as well. So we're all benefiting from it. It's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, obviously you have such a strong community for, to have that being reciprocated back to you at this time. That's just really beautiful. That's the ultimate meaning of hashtag women supporting women, you know, is that we do get to recreate the rules and everyone gets to be okay. You know, like, okay, let's go with this. Let's go with the flow. Like you've learned to do right. And was mm-hmm. struck just now, Lisa, as you were kind of talking about everything that you just described about how you had to put plans and preparation in place for your business in order to allow it to run pretty effortlessly while you're gone and allowing you to plug in where you can You've, you've thought about that in advance, you planned and you prepared in this case, it sounds like, uh, you know, you talked at the beginning of the show about how you had all these plans and preparation of how the Camino was going to be and how you were going to perform on the Camino. And pretty much all of that has gone out the window for the most part, but it sounds like (laughs) in this case, the planning and preparation truly paid off in your business, which I think is such a great business lesson right there, right? Yes. Around how do we need to be as leaders? Who do we need to show up as? Like you made a decision at the very beginning in order for any of that to unfold, you had to decide that this is how it's going to be and it's going to be okay. It's going to work out. You decided that before you even began to plan and prepare. Have you, I mean, do you see that? Do you think that's true around that's been such a, a win in the, in the business column for you? hundred percent, hundred percent. So, and I would say as sideways as my actual Camino plans have <laughs> tend to go and will continue to go, I am yeah. sure what hasn't gone sideways is the business aspect of it. Everything is running very, very well. And I'm very I'm very proud of that. I'm, and I'm very gratified and I'm very grateful that, um, that it is that first of all, that I'm able to do that, that I, I have a business that can, can do that, but also I'm grateful for everybody who's showing up to make it happen. Yeah. I'm grateful that planets are aligning so that the, the plans that I put in place that I thought made sense still make sense and are still working. So um, really it's, it's just been amazing. And I, I wanted, I really hoped it would go this way because I wanted part of my message to be, you know, you get to choose how you run your business. And if there's a way that you want to do it, if you want to do it while you're traveling around the world, which is something I'll be doing in a couple of years, an extended trip, like you can, you can do that. It's simply deciding that's what you want, knowing for sure that's 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 what you want. And then identifying, okay, what wants to happen so that this can actually come to fruition? And that's that's the easy part, really taking a look for me anyway, um, taking a look at, okay, I've got to do all this stuff and this is how it's going to happen. No problem. I think the harder part is making the decision and having the confidence mm-hmm. and just trusting. Trust has been a huge um, a huge lesson I continue to learn. I relearn and relearn and relearn as I make my way here. Um, and I could talk for hours about how trusting has given me a much more magical experience um, in every situation than I could have had if I felt like 
I need to manage this. I need to manufacture this experience. It needs to go this particular way. So from a Camino point of view, trusting has been great. And I've also had to trust my business that people were going to be okay with this, mm-hmm. that the support I had in place, uh, you know, I asked for is going to show up trusting that I would allow the support. You know, it's one thing to ask for help. It's another thing altogether to accept that help, you know, totally. so trusting in myself as the business owner as well. So, um, yeah, so trust has been a huge, um, a huge value, I guess, of this whole experience. And also in many ways, a lesson I learn every single day. <laughs> yeah. That's a good reminder. It really is that, um, you know, we have to, we have to lean in and trust and we have to accept the support and, and help, you know, when we ask yeah. for it and we have to actually uh, implement it and allow that trust that that support is sufficient, Yeah, you know, to get us to get, to literally get you on your way, you know? Um, so you have really just a little over, well, you're just a few days from finishing all the way into Santiago, but you shared with yeah. me before we started recording that you actually have kind of a, a secondary plan that you'll go beyond and keep walking the Camino beyond Santiago. Uh, like, what are you most looking forward to about this l- really last stretch? I think you have about maybe five, six, seven days ahead um, until you really finish your walk, mm-hmm. you finish your pilgrimage. What are you most looking forward to as you, you know, get back on the trail on the next day or two? Well, first of all, I'm looking forward to getting back on the trail. Um, it's, I noticed that every rest day feels good. And then I'm so eager the next day, like, oh my gosh, I miss it. You know, I miss it. Um, and especially being in a big city like Madrid, it's been overwhelming because mm-hmm. I don't know how many millions of people live here, but it's a lot more people than I've seen in a long time. <laughs> um, and what I'm really, I, there's something symbolic for me about walking until there's no more land, like walking all the way to the coast. And I just have this, this vision, this image of me getting there and parking myself and just watching the waves. Cause I can watch ocean waves Mm-hmm. for hours, absolute hours. So I have this image of me sitting there and just really processing and, you know, just allowing everything that I've been through and everything that I've learned and everything that I'm going to continue to learn to keep making its way through me and showing up and being reminded of things and making new connections as I'm, you know, reminded of that. And really just having this beautiful, quiet experience. I, I hope this is what it's going to be. And we'll see what it's going to be. I'll tell you, I'll tell you yeah. in a couple of weeks. Um, but just expecting that that will be part of the integration for me, sitting there, being surrounded by the water, having nowhere else to walk to. Yeah. Running Literally out of nowhere. Running out of land. I'm, I did it. I went across an entire country and, you know. And now I, you know, I'll make my way back. And then it, for me, it's okay. What do I get to do next? Yeah. That's so exciting to think about, you know, how you'll take this story with you into this next chapter. Um, I know you'll be doing some speaking and, and, and sharing this story, um, probably to anyone who'll listen to you quite honestly, I can, I hope so, because (laughs) I would encourage you to do that. I would definitely encourage you to do that because it'll be quite the story to share. 
You started out this um, interview by kind of sharing the Camino itself. For many people, it's a spiritual journey. For some people, it's a physical journey. For some, it's emotional. And yours has kind of been a mixed bag of nuts. So as I think probably it is for everybody, even though you embark on it, maybe thinking it's going to be one way or the other, I would love to know just in a short phrase or a couple of words, um, what has the Camino taught you about your mental journey? It has taught me to not spend as much time as I'm inclined to in the mental area Mm -hmm. and to really be more in the body and more in the experience. Yeah. Otherwise, get you miss. You miss. Get out lot. of your head, right? Get out of your. Get head. Get out of my head. Yep. There you go. That wraps yeah. it up. <laughs> well, you mentioned several things about physical. There's been some pain. Your feet have been revolting against you uh, just a tad. What has the Camino taught you about your physical body? Um, it's taught me. It's taught me that sometimes I cannot do as much physically as I expected to be able to do. I can do a lot of stuff and I'm willing to work hard and I can put up with, I can put up with a lot of crap. I really can. I can put up with a lot of pain. And also there are times where I'm smart enough to know this doesn't want to be pushed through. This wants to be cared for. This wants to be nurtured. And then you can start again. And that's very difficult for me. Um, so I imagine that's because I want to keep going. I want to keep going. I want to keep pushing. And I, I imagine that's a lesson I'm going to continue to learn over my next couple of, you know, my last two and a half weeks of doing this, that, okay, you have this plan. Let's see how the plan plays out. Let's see how the feet, let's see what the feet say about it. And they're going to say what they're going to say. And I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I just have to trust. And then the same question about your emotions. Um, You know, there's been really good days and glorious things that you've encountered. There's been a few bad days that you've shared with us. What has it, what have you learned about your emotional state? That I feel like I've, um, I've learned less than the other states because it really has been the emotional roller coaster that I anticipated it Mm -hmm. being. I expected this would be an emotional journey. And, um, it has, I mean, sometimes I've been surprised by emotions. Like just yesterday I was in tears over something and I thought, isn't that interesting? You know, I didn't expect that. Um, I've had, well, actually I have had some, um, unexpected, some grieving. My, um, we had to put my dog to sleep a couple of years ago and I'm apparently still grieving that because he was mm-hmm. such a source of joy and love. And I was standing at the top of this hill, looking down on this fields. And I thought, Oh, Riley would love this. And then just the tears came. Mm-hmm. And then I thought Riley is here. Like he's always with me, you know, and he's, he's bounding through this field, having a great time and encouraging me to go on. So I would say I am less surprised by the emotions because I did expect highs and lows and everything in between. Um, And I'm grateful for all of that because I think that's the experience. Yeah, it is part of the experience and learning where there's still emotions to be processed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then spiritually, where are you spiritually? What has this done for you um, from a spiritual standpoint? I think... 
I don't know if this is, if this answers the question, but I think it's shown me that I am more able to have alone, quiet, internal time than I expected I would be able to. I'm not watching television. I'm not looking up the news. I'm not on my phone for, to get a lot of input. I've enjoyed having quiet time and just sort of talking to myself going, okay, what are we feeling now? What are we doing now? How do we, what are we thinking? You know, what's next? What do we want to do? You know? So from that point of view, I don't know if that's spiritual or not, but it's, it's really, um, it's, that's been really cool. That's been really neat to, to have yeah. that experience. I think solitude can teach us a lot about ourselves. And that, and that is a, you know, a spiritual introspective kind of, kind of thing to, to look at for sure. Um, especially when we live lives where we're just not very often, are we alone? <laughs> you know, even, even running online businesses and living in a virtual world and a somewhat very disconnected world, you know, a lot of people are lonely, uh, but there's different than actually being alone and being by yourself and truly not having anyone else to talk to in that moment allows you to see things that you may not normally see, even if you are someone who is lonely, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of lonely people that have people all around them, but it's different when you have experience, um, just the, the solitude of being alone is different. So I can appreciate that very much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to continue following your journey and to get the full report when you're done and back and fully processed and obviously watch and see what you do to continue to share the story of what you're learning on the Camino and what it's doing for you. And thanks for taking some time to share it with us today. Thanks for truly sharing the inside story of being on the the walk right now you know being well not literally because you're in madrid but you're getting back out there um you know very very soon and literally doing this interview in the middle of your in the middle of your pilgrimage is so cool i'm so glad we could orchestrate this me too i'm so glad you asked me and i really i've enjoyed this conversation so much and i can't wait to you know, share the ending of this journey story with you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We will, we will be looking for it and we may even have you back on to kind of tell the part two of the story. That could be really cool. Cause I think there's, you know, I would imagine if I I'm thinking about me, like sometimes it takes me a little bit of once I get back home, um, to really process. I had a big experience, uh, back in 2019 of going to France and I had this really extraordinary, just big experience while I was there. That was just, you know, it took me a, it took me a while to fully process and integrate everything that I learned from that experience and from that time in, in, in Paris. And I ended up kind of turning it into a full year's journey. You know, I was called, called it my red dress year. Cause I'd had this really amazing red dress moment. I've done podcast recordings about it. So people could go back and listen, but it took me a minute, you know, it took me a minute to fully process and integrate. And then when I did, then I was able to turn it into content for a really long time. And I love stuff like that. You know, I love being able to harness the power of those stories and use them in, in positive ways. And I have no doubt that you will do the same. So I will definitely be tuning in and 
maybe we'll do a, another recording so you can share more with us. I would love to do that. Absolutely. All right, Lisa. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey. Um, what's the, like, what, what's the best way for people to follow you if they want to number one, follow the rest of your Camino journey, but also just learn more about you and your work in the world. I would love to share whatever, however you want to share that with people and we'll link it up in the, in the podcast notes. Right. Probably the best way is to go to my website because everything is available through there. So um, it's lisacorrado.com. I think you have to put the www in front of it. Um, but my blogs are capturing my experience. Um, there's also ways to link to me on my socials on Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram where I'm posting stuff. Um, and also um, the ability to sign up for my newsletter, which has weekly dispatches from, from the path. So, um, so that's probably the portal to get all of the content. It's okay. probably the best way to do it. Easy enough. We will link up lisacarado.com. So you guys can look for that in the show notes. If you'd like to, to follow the journey and learn more about Lisa's experience on the Camino de Santiago, as she is making her way to the finish line of this cross the country journey. So thank you so much, Lisa, for being with us. Thanks for sharing your story on the Inside Story podcast. If you guys enjoyed this episode, share it out, share it with your people. That always helps our show get discovered by more. And if you haven't yet, leave a review. We always appreciate hearing your words of what you are enjoying about the podcast. So go do that as well. And we'll see you back here next week on another episode of the Inside Story podcast. We'll see you then. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.